0: Hi, this is Casey Treat. I'm pastor at Christian Faith, and we are excited to have you with us on our podcast. Thanks for joining in. I'm praying that you're gonna hear a word that will inspire you, empower you to connect with Jesus and become more like him. That's what we live for. That's what's happening on today's podcast. You know about soul food. Anybody like soul food? You know about soul music, and uh, you like Soul Train. Us old people, young people don't even know. But what's the condition of your soul? How do, how would you rate your soul? What would you say about your soul? Is it healthy? Strong? Most people kind of feel like, well, I mean, it just is. It's not my fault or under my control. It just is what it is. My soul is kind of a product of how I grew up and, and the world around me. The fact is you choose what or how your soul is. You choose that. Now you you didn't realize it when you started making those choices. It was a subconscious thing. But the choices you've made up to now put you in the current circumstances you're in. Maybe some good parts, not some not so good parts. But we can make new choices and be healthier, be stronger in our soul. And and overcome some of the worries, anxieties and negatives, depression, fear. We don't have to live in that. It's not, a, it's not somebody out there that's telling you you have to be scared. I mean, the world does tell you, the media, all the stuff, but you don't have to obey them. You don't have to be scared, worried. You don't have to worry about the climate or the planet God, God already told you he created the earth and put you on it with a purpose, which means the next generation also has a purpose. God's not abandoning us. So we're not scared. We're not worried. We're not troubled by the anxieties of the world. I mean, these things have been cycling through humanity for centuries. It's nothing new. So, the condition of our soul is our choice. And when our soul is healthy and strong, our life shows it. We manifest that health and that abundance and that strength of God. Your soul really is the key to your life and your future. You prosper even as your soul prospers. Even your body is affected by your soul. You've heard of psychosomatic problems. Well, when your soul is healthy, your body responds. When your soul is down, you also respond. So in Genesis chapter 2, it said, The Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. That's the old King James Version. He became a living soul. So he formed his body out of the dust of the ground. And did you know that the word Adam literally means red dirt? Yeah, if you study your Hebrew dictionary, Adam, the name of the first man, red dirt, which is why we understand that Adam was a redhead. I mean, it's a bit of a stretch, but not that much. But God formed the body, and then he breathed into his nostrils the spirit, and he became a living soul, body, spirit, and soul. Paul then in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, he said, I pray that your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord. So a healthy person, spirit, soul, and body. Your spirit gets born again. Your soul grows, matures, and renews as you walk with God, and your body responds. And in the world, it's kind of reversed. People follow their body, do what they feel. They don't even acknowledge their spirit. They don't, know, they don't even know what that is, and so the world is living life in a different way than we who know the Lord. We, we respond to God and give him our spirit. Our soul is being renewed to God as we grow, as we mature, as we become more like Christ, and then our body follows. We, our body is just a tool that we live in while we're here on the earth we 're focusing in this series on the soul because a lot of us deal with mental health issues we we deal with worries and fears we we struggle with anxieties and depression and and the world tells us you can get better through various you know worldly answers maybe it's a certain counselor or a certain drug certain medication and they may help some but What we're finding is it gets people into a cycle, and it actually is getting worse and worse. The mental health issues, the depression, the anxieties, the suicides, they're just getting worse. And the more we follow the the input of the world, the wisdom or lack of wisdom in the world, the darker people are becoming. Uh, Gender struggles create more and more depression. Anxiety, fear, w- worry, confusion. So how do I get to a healthy soul? How do I find that strength where I'm not affected by what's around me, but I'm, re- I'm rather living in the will of God and I'm rising in the blessing of God? So number one is to acknowledge it's my choice to be healthy in my soul. I can live healthy with the world around me going bonkers. I don't have to follow. I don't have to agree. I I don't have to believe what they believe. I can live with a strong, healthy soul. Doesn't matter what the world is doing. Have you ever been to a Mariners game? You heard of this group called the Mariners? They carry sticks, chase balls. Baseball guys. So recently, I was at a Mariners game. They're in the playoff run until last night, right? So now we're done for the year. Thank the Lord. Doesn't mess up church attendance. (laughs) But until last night, they were in the playoff, which means the fans are hyped and the stadium is packed. 40 some thousand people. And they're just excited. Every pitch, every hit, Every play, the fans are into it. But I always like looking around. When the fans are on their feet, shouting, screaming, home run, right? Like there was a Grand Slam home run two nights ago. And the fans, I wasn't there, but I had friends there, and the fans are just going bonkers. And you can always find a few people who don't stand up, who don't cheer, and by the look on their face, their life is miserable. Now they're in the middle of the game 40,000 people shouting, cheering, jumping. The other night they gave out Mariner flags. They're waving their flag. And then there's Uncle Bob. Sick, sad, sorry, depressed. What? Something happened? I missed it. What happened? What's everybody standing up for? What's everybody Okay, let's reverse that. We live in a world where people are confused. Identity confusion. They're afraid. Economic worries. They don't, they don't wanna go in to the office. They wanna hide out. They're trying to be alone. They, they're struggling. They wish they had friends, but they're afraid of having friends. They've got all kinds of issues. The world is ending. Climate change. We're all gonna die. You could be in the world of all the negative, but you're the one standing, shouting, cheering, praising God, thanking God, blessed, healthy, happy. It's possible. If God's word is working in you, it doesn't matter what's going on around you. Right, And we've seen it e- even recently in our life, lifetime where the world is scared and hiding. We're just moving forward, trusting God. That comes when your soul is strong. Your soul is healthy. And that's a choice. It's not easy. It's not easy to go against the multitude and to stand up when the crowd is scared but it's possible. And the healthy, strong soul is your key to abundant life. You prosper when your soul prospers. So let's put it like this. Your soul is your mind, emotions, and will. When your mind is on the things of God, your mind is stayed on God. I don't mean you're just thinking about God all the time. I mean, whatever you're thinking about, you have a godly perspective. You think about your wife from God's perspective, love her, honor her, respect her. You think about your husband, love, honor, respect. You think about your children, gifts from God, the heritage of the Lord, bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So whatever you're thinking, career, finance, health, family, you've got a godly view. So when your mind is stayed on God, number two, when your emotions are following your thoughts, you don't follow your emotions. Your emotions follow your thoughts. You think on the things of God. You stay emotionally healthy. You have emotional health. That's a strong soul. A lot of people are emotionally not healthy. Their emotions run their life. They say a lot, I felt like it. Why did you do that? I felt like it. Why did you quit your job? You know, I felt it was right. Why did you leave your husband or your wife? You know, I just felt like the time had come. Where do you have that feeling? Is that feeling in your head? Where is it? Is that feeling in your stomach? Well, you know what I mean. I just, I felt it. No, I don't. Explain. Where did you feel? Did you feel it in your fingers? Where did you feel that? Well, you know what I'm saying. It's, it's, you just know. Oh, so you know, it's a thought. Well, I know because I feel. Oh, so it's a feeling. Where? Where's the feeling? Well, we don't know. We're just making crap up. And emotions are like that. They come and they go. They're up and they're down. You, you feel strongly about something one, and then maybe the next day you don't feel so strongly. And a lot of people use emotions when they have no valid reason to do what they do. Why don't you go into the office? You know, I don't feel it's right. You don't feel? What do you feel? Well, you know, I feel. You mean like you're lazy. Well, you don't have to say it like that, but maybe that's what you're feeling. You see what I'm saying? When you follow emotions, you cannot follow God, nor can you be faithful because emotions are up and down. So stop saying, if you're that person that says, I do it because I got to do what I feel. No, you don't. In fact, please, Don't do what you feel. Because sometimes I feel like punching people in the nose. (laughs) Right? But it's not a good thing. You can't follow feelings. When you do, it usually doesn't work out very well. Sometimes feelings can confirm your knowledge, your wisdom, your judgment, your counsel from other wise people but you don't follow feelings. And then your will, that's that power to choose. That's a tremendous power. And most people have have not known or not acknowledged the power of their will. I want to share with you before we're done today how most of us compromise our will to where we don't believe it at all. So we'll get back to that. Go with me to Isaiah 55. Let's talk for a moment about thoughts. Thinking from a godly perspective. In Isaiah 55 and verse 2, why do you spend money for what is not bread and wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good. Let your soul delight itself in abundance. That's interesting. You cannot buy satisfaction or abundance. But if your soul is right, you can live in abundance. Verse 3, incline your ear and come to me here and your soul shall live. In other words, if you're not Hearing God, if you're not following God, your soul doesn't live. And this is a struggle for many people. They're not getting the right thoughts, so their soul isn't operating right. Their soul is following emotions and caught up with the world around it. In Isaiah 55, verse 7, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Okay, so out of your soul, there's, there's thoughts. Where'd you get those thoughts? Are those thoughts godly? Some thoughts we need to forsake. Stop thinking that. Stop thinking that way. Okay, it's not easy, but that's what the Bible said. Let the unrighteous man forsake his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, have mercy on him, and to our God, he will pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my way, says the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. If you want a higher way of life, you have to have a higher way of thinking. You can wish... All your life that things were better. I've had people in my life that always wished for more and wished for better and wished for different, but never got it. It never got better. They never had more and things were never good. They died young, they died sick, they died tragically. Wishing doesn't work, but a new way of thinking will get you to a new way of living. That will produce lifetime, abundant life results. But you have to be willing to forsake some thoughts. Maybe not all your thoughts, but probably some of your thoughts have got you into the places you are where you don't want to be right now. Maybe your marriage isn't what you want it to be. Finances aren't what you want it to be. Health isn't where you want it to be. So you have to be willing to forsake some thoughts and get some new thoughts. Got to trade in some thoughts. We don't like to do that because we don't want to admit we've been wrong. There's an interesting thing that happens in the human psyche, and that is we all defend our own sanity. And if we admit we've been wrong then it somehow is saying we're not sane and we avoid that at all costs. That's why people who could be living in a disaster act like they know what's going on, act like they got it together. Oh yeah, how you doing? Oh, I'm fine, It's fine. I'm sleeping in the dumpster out back. I have no money, I have no job, I have no future, but I'm fine. We can act like we have life by the tail when in fact... We've got some real issues, but rather than say, I need to change. I, I need some new thinking. I need a new perspective. We blame the government, blame the neighborhood, blame, the, blame somebody. It's not my fault. It's not my problem that I'm in these circumstances. That's why the guy, this, my uncle, he's passed away now. He'd been married so many times. We, we're not sure how many wives he had literally over, it was over 10. And yet when I would talk to him, he would tell, he would tell me how I should do marriage. He's giving me marriage counsel. He's my uncle, my, my mom's brother. And he was giving me marriage. How many wives have you had, bro? Oh, that doesn't matter. You know, here's what I'm trying to tell you something here. How is it we can be broke and tell people what they should do with their money? or we can be sick and telling people how they should handle their diet, right? Because we defend our rightness. We defend our sanity, which also is what stops us from change. So I went into rehab when I was 19. Judge put me in the program. I met Julius, who became my spiritual father. And the second or third or fourth, the first week, Jesus started to talk to me. Okay, here's what's going to happen. Here's how we're going to grow. Here's how we're going to make change. Here's how we're going to get through the drugs, through the addiction. We're going to create a whole new lifestyle. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm all over that. And I would tell, here's what I know. And I read this book and I heard, and I think, and I got this. And I was just acting because I wanted him to think I, I, I was a, you know, a healthy, strong person. I was a wreck. I was a drug addict. I was this close to prison, and so one day Julius stopped me, and he said, "Case, if you're so smart, why are you here? Why are you here? Because I kept telling him, oh, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Oh, yeah, I know, I know. So if you know, then you must like the way your life is, and you want nothing to change, or you don't know some things because you want to get to a better place in relationship, in finance, in health. How do I get to that better place? Well, God says, my thoughts are higher and my ways are higher. So you and I have to be willing to say, I've had some low thoughts. Well, I got thoughts in low places where the whiskey flows and the blues chasing. My blues away, and I'll be okay. Don't ask me how I know that song. But We all have thoughts in low places. And to admit, I need some new thoughts, is not weakness, that's strength. But we fight against it because we don't want to admit we've been wrong right? We want to say it was the ex-husband. It was the ex-wife. It was the boss. It was somebody. It was not my fault. But when you own it and you say, I was thinking wrong. I ended up there in that rehab center because I was thinking wrong. And when I changed what I was thinking, I didn't have to live in a rehab center anymore. So if you will change what you're thinking, your finance can go up. Well, you say, I'm just waiting for the politician and the government and the vote and the the new program, and it's not going to change a thing for you. The union, the strike, they're going to give you a raise, then all the other costs go up. You're in the exact same situation. Outward change doesn't change your life. It's the inward change. When your soul goes to a higher place, your life will go to a higher place. We keep, we keep thinking, so many people think, if my party can get elected, oh, it's going to be so much better. You've been the same for the last years. Parties come, parties go, you the same. Got the new insurance program, you still the same. Took the new drug. you still the same. I mean, maybe these things help a little, but the real core of your life is dependent on the health of your soul. And that takes a new way of thinking, godly thinking, higher thinking. All right, let's talk for a minute about emotions. In Ephesians 4 and verse 26, the Bible says, be angry, but don't sin. So God knows that we're emotional people. He's an emotional God. He gets angry with with people, with circumstances. The Bible said the wrath of the Lord. But that doesn't control him. It's his word that controls him. It's his word that is eternal. Emotions are temporary. So if you get married because of an emotion, it's probably not going to last. So years ago as a young pastor, right? In the first years of the church. And they had this couple who wanted to get married. They were so in love. They were older in terms of getting married. They were in their 30s. You know, I got married at 24. Wendy was 22. So I felt like, okay, these guys are older. They know what they're doing. They're, you know, they're in their 30s. And and they were so in love. And one of the things we do in marriage preparation is let's stir up the problems. Let's find out where the problem is and I could not stir up a problem with these guys. I couldn't get them to argue about anything. Oh no, they were just so in love, and everything was so good, and they agreed with everything, and I would try to bring up, I was looking for something to make one of them angry at the other one, because if you can't get through it in the counseling office, you're gonna get to those issues in the real world, and it's gonna be a bummer, right? So we're trying to prepare them couldn't, they would never have a problem. They're just in love. Everything is perfect. Everything's good. Okay. Well, we did the wedding. Two months later, they're gone. They're out of church. I was like, bro, what happened? He goes, oh, we're having some problem. You know, I don't want to talk about past, uh, you know, six months later, they're divorced. They didn't make it one year. Why? Because they got married on an emotion. It's like, We had a hot date and ended up in Las Vegas. Nelvis Presley did our wedding. Uh Yeah, and he'll do the divorce too. (laughs) Feelings come and go. If you have a child because you want the child to bring joy into your home, what are you gonna do when all that child brings into your home is poop? (laughs) Because they do more of that for the first few months than anything, right? You can't live on emotions. Now, there is joy with having a child if you train them and raise them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. But what if they're angry and mean because you put a bad spirit in them? What if they're frustrated and dark because they've lost their gender identity and they think they're a furry? You gotta put kitty litter in your kitchen for your kid. I'm not not joking. This is our world. So emotions come and go. We celebrate them. Sometimes we feel the heaviness. We feel the darkness, but we trust God to bring us through. He is the light, and we're going to stay focused on the light no matter how dark it gets. And so emotions are things that follow Right, you read the promise of God. Emotion comes up. You, they follow what you think and what you believe. You don't follow them. It's because you feel it. Don't say it. I go tell my wife what I feel. Please, don't. Don't. Think. Pray. Read your Bible. The Bible says, speak words that are edifying and that bring grace to the hearer. You keep telling her what you feel, you're gonna need a lawyer. No, I'm not kidding. Well, if I can't say what I feel, I'll be violated. No, you, have the violation. You keep violating the word by saying everything you feel. I can't tell you everything I feel in church. (laughs) Now now you're like, oh man, what's going on? What the heck? Think about it. When your kids came to you and said, I don't feel like cleaning my room, what'd you say? I don't care how you feel, go clean your room. You're going to feel something else if you don't get that room clean. I mean, that's that's what most parents would say. That's what my parents said. Right? So what if your kid, I don't feel like doing homework. How come you didn't get a good grade? Because my teacher's stupid. Hmm. It's not how I see that. Right? So if you let your kids live their life based on how they feel, you can eat what you feel. What do you feel like eating today? Well, I just want cookies and French fries. Is that good? Is that right? No, but that's how I feel. I got to tell you how I feel. Yeah, I'm going to knock that feeling right out of you in about 30 seconds here. But see, adults grow up acting that way. Here's what I feel. I feel like, do, feel like, do. no, the Bible says you can have feelings, but don't follow your feelings. Be angry. Don't sin. Don't, fall. don't say what you feel. Say what is right, say what is godly, say what is good. If you keep saying what you feel, you'll feel that way more and more. But if you say what is godly and good, eventually you'll feel that way more and more. Emotions have led so many people down the wrong path, and they've ended up in a crisis because they let their emotions run their life. And we live in a world that feeds emotions. We sing songs about it. I've lost that loving feeling. Oh, that loving feeling. I've lost that loving feeling. Now it's gone, gone, gone. Whoa, whoa. Now Julius, Julius, the great prophet Julius would say, where did you feel that? Where did you feel? When you got married or when you fell in love, where did you feel that? Like here, you felt it right here? I feel it, love. Where did you feel it? It was all over. I feel it all over. (laughs) Where did you feel it, right? We don't know, we're just making up stuff. What is that loving feeling? If you're a young person, it's probably a sexual desire, which is physical, not emotional, right? Because the moment after you had sex, you weren't feeling that anymore. You're like, okay, I'm done now. Two minutes, you lost that feeling most of you, a minute 30. I mean, let's get real up in here, up in here. Help me, Lord, right? And then the wife or the woman is so disappointed because wait, your loving feeling is only about your fulfillment you're not thinking at all about her. You're sleeping, and she's like, what what, done? what just happened? That's not a loving feeling. It only works in Hollywood. It didn't even work for Tom Cruise and Maverick. How many wives has that bro had? None of them have a loving feeling today right? So stop thinking emotional and romantic and no. Think commitment. Think biblical. Think scriptural. Think godly. Think serving. <laughs> think giving. Right? Don't think, well, I got a feeling. Sometimes even in church, we say stuff that we shouldn't really say, right? And, and I like that song. I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. oh. oh. I got a feeling. What the heck is that feeling? The all right feeling. All that is is the band is good, singers are good. I feel it. You been to You been to the Shaker Church? (laughs) What is that? Okay, I'm trying to get you to think. They know I got a feeling. Everything's gonna be all right. You can say I believe. You can say, I think, you can say, I feel good about this right now, this music and this spirit or this atmosphere, I feel good, but there's no, I got a feeling, everything's going to be all right, because you walked out the building, got in a fight with your wife, got in an auto accident, your feelings changed. So you see what I'm saying? We're not following emotions, and when emotions tell us certain things, we say, no, I ignore that. I don't feel good about that. So get to work, be early, work hard, do better than everybody else. I don't feel like it. So what? Do it for 40 years and then tell me how you feel. You'll be feeling good because now you've prospered. You've moved ahead. You've created discipline. You've had vision. You've had consistency rather than I got a feeling. Right, so so then the last part of your soul is the will, your mind, your emotions, your will, and your will is so powerful, so powerful. But we've often compromised our own will because we said I'm going to do it, and then we don't do it. I'm going to I'm going to change that, and then we don't change it. I'm going to go to school, and then we drop out. In the first years of my Christian life, I set a few goals. I'm going to get on the dream team. I'm going to be a faithful usher. I'm never going to miss a Sunday. And then I became a volunteer for junior high kids. I'm going to serve the junior high kids Wednesday night, Sunday night. I'm going to be the best volunteer. They'll never, in fact, I will bring a team I, I won't ever need. I served in the junior high department every Wednesday, every Sunday for three years. Never one time talked to the pastor. He never asked me, what do you teach? What do you do? i just there. I'm just there. I did it because I had to strengthen my will. And then in school, I, I, I'm going to be the valedictorian. I hear I'm a drug addict, dropout, barely made it through high school because the band director got me through. But in Bible school, valedictorian. Why? Because I made a decision I'm going to strengthen my my will. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grow a strong and healthy soul. So then I'm, I got through the first years and then into Bible school and then met Wendy. And, and I said, all right, well, we're going to do this right. We're not going to be sleeping around. We're not going to be messing around. We're going to get married. It's going to be godly. We're going to have a testimony of God. Whew, that wasn't, I didn't feel like doing that. No, I didn't feel like doing that. I mean, Wendy was here too. She would say, no, we felt like having sex and we felt it was the right thing. In fact, one one day she said to me, she said, all right, Case, you have to promise me we're not going to have sex because I really want to. And I'm like, that's not helping. (laughs) Why didn't we have sex? We were getting married anyway. What difference does it make? Everybody has. Our friends all had sex before they were married, and they told us, you should have sex because you're not sure it's going to be so good. Maybe it will change how you feel about getting married. And I said, no, because the Bible calls that fornication. And we're going to follow God's word. We're going to strengthen our soul. We're going to have health in our soul. And when we get married, we're going to know the hand, the blessing, the favor of God is on our life. So, I mean, God forgives and God will help you whatever you've been through. But that was us saying, we're gonna be strong. We're gonna have the willpower to do God's will. And no, I didn't feel like it. But that will, strengthen that will. So, got through Bible school, got through getting married, and then started our church. And every step of the way, I'm thinking, I'm showing up because it's good for my will. When, when we were exercising, I'm going to do it because it strengthens my will. We're, we're watching our diet because it's strength. It's not about just the health of my body. It's the health of my soul. I need to strengthen my will. When I say I do it, I do it. When I say we're going to show up. We're going to show up. If I say I'm going to be there, I'm going to be. Not because I want to be there. A lot of times I say things and I'm like, what did I say that for? But strengthening my will. You know what happens with most people? They don't trust themselves because they know half of what they say they don't do. They don't follow through. They don't make sure that's, that's who, that's what I do. Their will, their own will is weak because they've compromised so much. That's why first of the year, January, new diet, new gym membership, you know you're not going to follow through because you've established that kind of will. But that's part of your soul. So your soul gets weakened. Your soul is darkened. You got to build it up. You got, you got to start with little steps. One scripture and maybe walk a block. Don't want a mile. You're not going to run a mile. But you might walk a block. And you're going to read one scripture. Read it out loud. We're going to do it every day. And if you wake up in the middle of the night and you forgot, get out of bed and do it. Why? Because you're strengthening your will and you teach your children. This is how we do it. We make a decision. We follow through. We say we're going to be there. We be there. We say we're going to do it. We do it. Not because doing it is the big deal. Your will, the health of your soul is the big deal. And you just build yourself up. And we would say to church, all right, we're building a sanctuary. Third year of Christian faith, building a new sanctuary. People say, how are we going to do that? We're three years old. We're a new church. We got no money. Look around. We're a bunch of drug addicts. How are we going to build a church? I said, we're going to build that thing. And sure enough, September of 1983, we moved into our first sanctuary. Right? Just keep building your will so you will prosper even as your soul prospers. All right, then you can start saying things that are big, but you know you're gonna do it because you have the will and you're following God's will. Your will, God's will. Transformed by the renewing of your mind to do the good, acceptable, perfect will. The will of God. Deuteronomy 30 and verse 19 I set heaven and earth before you this day, life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose, choose that both you and your descendants may live. Choose, make those choices every day. Make those choices. You read your Bible. You speak that word out loud. You, you do a little bit for the health of your body. You, you, you improve your diet a little bit. You take a few steps to grow your career. You improve a little bit. You watch a video. You take a class. You're just on, you're just moving. Your will is locked in and you're moving forward. And none of this, what well, I felt like it, but then, then I felt like maybe the Lord didn't want me to. Stop with all that. you tripping. You're just tripping. Well, I felt it. And then the Lord said, I just wanted to make sure you were willing to do it. But now that you're willing, you don't have to do it. No, no. People just say stupid stuff. Get in, get on course, get that will, get that soul prospering. You prosper and you live in health even as your soul prospers. Okay, this is how how we get where we want to go. This is how we do great stuff, build great companies. Build great families, prosper, live debt-free. This is how we do it. Out of that soul, you bring forth great things. Now, I want to close with this thought. One of the biggest challenges we have is our focus. We we get so many messages, so much going on from the world, so many things that are coming at us, opinions, opinions, ideas, beliefs, and some of us, we just let too much stuff get in our head. Our head gets gets out of focus. So look what it's like when I get out of focus. And what if every day, all day, I was just out of focus? My thinking was blurry. I believe, I'm not sure. I pray, but I don't think it's going to work. I know God heals, but does he heal everybody? I know God blesses some, but will he bless me? I don't know for sure, but I'm hoping, I'm wishing. I'm just blurry. What would you do if this picture, not me, but somebody else, was on your phone and it was blurry like that? Well, you would delete it. There's no reason to look at something like that. You don't want to look at anything like that. It's all blurry. What's wrong with these camera people? It's blurry. But this is many people's life. Like, I love my wife, but I don't know if she's the right one. I love my husband, but I wish he would change these 27 things. (laughs) I love being a parent, but it's so stressful. I I just can't take it anymore. It's always a blur, always double-minded, always two perspectives. I I believe the Bible, but you know, there's some things in the Bible I just can't go for because we want to satisfy our secular friend, our secular boss. At the same time, we believe. I'm a Christian. So this blur is destroying your soul, this lack of focus. So normally, I only take a picture with my iPhone, And it kind of focuses itself, or you can tap on a spot and make sure it's focused. It's one button. This camera has so many buttons and so many options. And it is so cool because I can focus all the way in the back of the room, back on our prayer booth back there. Look at that person just took a whole handful of candy and stuck it in their purse. a lot going on back there in the back of the room. I'm getting waves now. Or I can focus on the front row, right? I can dial it down and I can focus on the front row and be clear, crystal clear in my focus. And of course, a lot of having a good picture is, is it focused? And a lot of your life is about focus. Are you clear? on what you believe, on where you're going. Do you know where you're going to? Man, I'm feeling it today, you know? Been hanging around Tasha, I feel like singing all the time. James chapter one. If anyone lacks, if you lack wisdom, if you lack finance, if you lack strength for your marriage, if you lack Wisdom for your children, if anyone lacks, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. Well, I can't help a Pastor, I just doubt and I, and I just wonder and I worry and, and, and I can't help it. Yes, you can, I know it's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy, but God said it's possible. God can't ask you to do something that's impossible. So you can ask with faith and no doubt. That means whenever a negative thought comes, you say, nope, not going there. I believe. I believe. And you practice that. You pray, you believe. You say what you believe. You don't say what you feel. You don't say what you doubt. Well, I just don't know if it's going to happen. Stop. Ask in faith. No doubting. No doubting. And let's go back to James chapter one. No doubting for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. All right, look at this. Let not that man suppose he'll receive anything from the Lord. He's double minded, unstable in all his ways. If you never get focused, you're always double minded. Oh, yeah, I I go to church. I go to that Christian faith center. But you know what? Casey Tree says a lot of crazy stuff. I can't go for that crazy stuff. Okay, he's just double-minded. It's like, I like it, but I don't. I believe it, but I'm not sure. I'm a Christian, but I don't want to go all the way. You're never all the way on anything. I like the club, but I only want a Christian guy at the club. I want a great job, but I don't want to go into the office. just want to do it my way. I feel, I feel you're not focused. You have too much going on in your head. You worry, and yet you say you believe. You're afraid, and yet you say you have faith. And this is why it's not working, because the Bible said the double-minded is unstable. So it's an easy fix. I'm not saying it will happen quickly, but it's not complicated get all in. I love my wife. I love her as Jesus loves the church. I love my husband. I love and honor him as Jesus loves the church. I'm all in. I love these kids. I'm bringing them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. I love this career. I'm all in on this and we're going and we're prospering. And you just start getting that will and that soul and the emotions follow and you just going. That's how you move forward. If you stay unfocused and you stay double-minded and a little of this and a little of that, I'm trying to keep my feet in both worlds. I'm a Christian, but I'm not like those radical Christians. I believe the Bible, but I don't believe everything. You'll never have the blessing of God. You'll never know what God could do in your life. Let's go. Let's go all in. Let's believe. Let's see what God can do with a whole heart. That's what the Bible said. Worship God with all that is within you. Give God your whole heart and follow through and see how your soul gets healthy and your vision gets clear and life starts opening up and you're not troubled. You're not troubled about the economy. You know God is your economy. You're not troubled about the climate. You know God has got your back. You're not troubled about all the stuff that the world is struggling with, because you know, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. It gets good, life gets good. And it starts with your soul, your mind, your emotions, your will. Thank you so much for joining with us today. I'm praying that you heard something that will impact your life. If you'd like more information, connect with us at the Christian Faith Church app or go to the website at christianfaith.us.